Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. On today's show, we'll get to hear from Dr. Jake Hebert, physicist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Dr. Hebert. Secular scientists have drilled uh, these holes into the thick ice sheets of Greenland and Antarctica, and they've extracted these cores that have total lengths of thousands of meters. And the secular scientists claim that the ice sheets in Greenland and Antarctica are very, very old. They claim that some of the deepest ice from these cores that they've drilled are hundreds of thousands of years old. So do these ice cores prove an old Earth? Well, no, they don't. And there's a number of reasons for that. First, although scientists believe the ice sheets are millions of years old, you do not need vast amounts of time to form thick ice sheets. You can do some very quick back-of-the-envelope calculations that show if you assume that current average snowfall rates in Greenland and Antarctica have always been what they are now, you can get the Greenland ice sheet to form in about 5,000 years and the Antarctic ice sheet to form in a little more than 10,000 years. Now, these back-of-the-envelope calculations do not take into account factors such as melting, So that's going to cause those age estimates to be a little higher. But you also need to realize that if you had greater snowfall in the past, that's going to make those time estimates go down. The time required for the formation of these thick ice sheets will be smaller. And remember that creation scientists are arguing that there was an ice age which followed the Genesis flood. And because of the very warm oceans that would have resulted from seafloor spreading and volcanic activity during the flood, you're going to have a lot of evaporation into the atmosphere, much higher than what we see today, and you're going to get much, much, much snowfall. So when you take into account the fact that you would have had much greater rates of snowfall during the post-flood ice age, which probably lasted several hundred years, you could easily get these thick ice sheets to form within the time since the Genesis flood, which occurred around 4,500 years ago. So the ages of millions of years that they believe these ice sheets have been in existence, that's just kind of more of this general belief in an old earth. Uh, It's not because you really need vast amounts of time to form thick ice sheets. But what about the ages that they're assigning to these ice cores? For instance, uh, if you look at the cores from Greenland, Now, there's one well-known core called the GISP2 ice core, where they claim the ice at the bottom of the core, or at least the part they think they can accurately date, they think that's more than 100,000 years old. And you've got cores from Antarctica, where they claim the deepest ice from those cores is 400,000 and 800,000 years old. So how do creation scientists answer these excessive age estimates, which are obviously incompatible 
with a Bible short time scale. Well, you have to realize that there's a difference between the Antarctic ice cores and the Greenland ice cores. You see, in Antarctica, you don't see annual layering patterns that you would see in Greenland. The reason for that is that on the Antarctic plateau, where you have these cores being drilled, there's a lot of wind and there is relatively little annual snowfall. They do have snow, but it's, it's not a lot. This is what you call a polar desert. And for that reason, uh, you don't see these well-defined layering patterns like you do in Greenland. And so how do you count annual layers in an ice core if you can't see them? Well, what you have to do is you have to come up with a model that tells you how thick the layers are and where they are. And complicating the matter still further is the fact that the layers thin as you go deeper into the ice because of the weight of all that ice. And so the layers get thin, and so hence you need a mathematical model that tells you how much thinning occurs and how that thinning changes at different depths. So the secular scientists use theoretical models, age-date models, to assign ages to the ice. The problem is those models assume that those ice sheets have been in existence for vast ages. They assume an old earth. An implication of these models is that the layers, those annual layers, become very thin as you go down much deeper into the ice. And uh, that's going to become important when you start talking about the Greenland ice cores. So even though you have these ages of many hundreds of thousands of years from the Antarctic ice cores, that is not a serious challenge to the biblical timescale because they're just assuming millions of years. And if you assume millions of years into your model, you're going to get millions of years out. The Greenland ice cores, on the other hand, would seem at first glance to me a more serious challenge. And we'll talk about that in our second segment. Let's take a short break. Stay with us. Dinosaurs are fascinating creatures. Seeing their fossils inspires a sense of awe and wonder that sparks the imagination. We're learning more about them all the time, but many questions still remain. Are dinosaurs really millions of years old? Did they live at the same time as humans? How do they fit with the Bible? And why are they extinct today? The Institute for Creation Research addresses these questions and more in their full-color and easy-to-read book, Guide to Dinosaurs. Guide to Dinosaurs delves into the history of dinosaurs, fossil discoveries, dinosaur kinds, and what the Bible has to say about these mysterious creatures. It serves as a helpful resource for parents and kids alike. Order your copy of Guide to Dinosaurs from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation. Here's Dr. Hebert. As we saw in our first segment, secular scientists claim that the thick ice sheets of Greenland and Antarctica have been in existence for millions of years. And they've assigned vast ages to ice cores that have been drilled and extracted from these ice sheets. Now, we saw earlier you don't need millions of years to get these ice sheets to form. And we also saw that the cores from Antarctica aren't really a serious challenge to the biblical timescale. But what about the ice cores from Greenland? Now, the well-informed skeptic 
who will try to use ice cores as an argument for an old Earth. If he's well-informed, he will acknowledge that the ice cores from Antarctica don't really prove anything, and because those models they use simply assume millions of years. But some of the skeptics will say that the Greenland ice cores are different, that they are a much more formidable argument for an old Earth because you do see layering patterns in the top halves of those Greenland ice cores. And so the idea is that you can count those layering patterns, add them up, and get the age of the ice at a given depth. Now, at first glance, that sounds very simple, but it's really harder than it sounds. You see, it's not that you're getting one distinct band per year. You actually get multiple layers per year, and the number of layers varies from year to year. You can have dozens of layers being deposited within just a few years. So when the secular scientists attempt to assign ages to the top halves of these cores, they have to guess how many of those bands should be grouped together and counted as a year. Now, when you realize that that's what they're doing, you realize there's a lot of uncertainty in this. And one of the things that a lot of people are surprised by is that even when you go down halfway down the core at a depth of one and a half kilometers, the secular scientists only assigned an age of 9,300 years to the ice at that depth. Now, remember, when you go down to 2,800 meters toward the bottom, they're claiming that ice is more than 100,000 years old. So that age of 9,300 years is a surprisingly short number. It's not a very large age, and creation scientists think that the ice at that depth is probably really around 4,000 years old. That ice corresponds toward the end of the Ice Age, which would have been roughly 4,000 years ago. So they are overcounting somewhat. They are getting a number that's bigger uh, than the 4,500 years that the Bible's history allow. But when you think about the uncertainties that are involved, it's in the ballpark. That number is not too far off the mark. The question then becomes, well, what about the bottom halves of these Greenland ice cores? Nearly all of that alleged time is in the bottom. So in order for us to understand how they're getting those age estimates, we have to understand how they date the bottom. Well, those layering patterns start to become indistinct about halfway down the core, and so they start having to look at the amount of dust in the core. You see, the cores record the way that dust, atmospheric dust, has varied over time. And you have a seasonal dust cycle where the amount of dust is generally higher in the spring and summer. And so they look and they measure the amount of dust in the core. And when they see a peak in the amount of dust, they assume that that represents a year. Now, however, there's some very, very big problems with this method. First, the bottom halves of these cores are extremely dusty. The dust levels in the bottom halves of the core can be anywhere from three to a hundred times greater than the dust levels you see in the top of the core. And not only that, but it jumps around. Uh, it's a highly variable variation. It changes a lot. In order to identify a seasonal cycle, you have to make a number of measurements. You've got to make at least three measurements. You need one, and you need a couple of measurements on each side to see whether your number has gone up or down. But to be on the safe side, they would usually make it four or five measurements. But this raises a philosophical question. How close together should you make those measurements? Remember, they think because of their flow models that the ice at the very bottom, those annual layers are very thin. So they feel like 
they need to make those measurements very close together. And so when you throw all those factors in, the fact that these are very dusty cores down in the bottom, they're not sure how close together to make the measurements, and they're overlooking the fact that you would have had many storms during the post-flood ice age, that is a recipe for overcounting the true number of annual layers in the core. So even though many people think this is an unanswerable argument for an old Earth, when we understand the details behind the way they date these cores, this apparent challenge to the Bible's short timescale, if you will pardon the pun, simply melts away. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.